What is going on, everyone? I am Pat the Pac-Man. This is Barking for Balance, the podcast where we talk about dogs and we talk about anything else that is meant to teach, inspire, and entertain. What I have over here is a special guest. It's actually the first special guest that's going to appear on our podcast. It is my boy, Hannibal. Hannibal's the parrot. Why is Hannibal the parrot on the podcast that's meant for dogs? Well, like I said, Barking for Balance is about everything and anything, not just about dogs. It's about anything and everything. And Hannibal is a part of the pack, and he's a special part of the pack. He holds a lot of uh, lessons for me. Uh, you know, he's taught me quite a few things, which I'm going to get into in a second, because today I want to talk about exactly what Hannibal taught me, which was patience. And um, I'll get to that in a second. I'm also, based on the fact that Hannibal is uh, our special guest here, I will also be talking about how to introduce uh, basically babies and uh, small creatures when, uh, when you have dogs, you know, basically introducing like a new baby or small creatures like a parrot or a cat or, and, you know, a ferret or, you know, you know, sugar glider or whatever uh, kind of uh, creature, kind of pet that you're going to get, how to introduce them to, uh, to your dogs and how to create a happy pack so that you don't have any problems because I clearly don't have any problems with my pack and, uh, and my boy Hannibal here. So uh, let me bring him a little closer so you guys can see. Come here, buddy. Step up. Good boy. So this is Hannibal. Say hi, Hannibal. Hannibal's going to be a little shy for a little while. He's, uh, you know, he tends to curse. So he's going to be cursing quite a bit. I mean, I don't know if he's going to do that right now because he's like standing right next to me and, you know, he's going to be like a little bit on the shy side. He's like, what the hell's going on? You're setting me up or something. So, yeah. Oh, there you go. Flap those wings, buddy. There you go. Come hang out. You're my special guest, pal. So, um, yeah. So that's my boy Hannibal. You get to see Hannibal. I'll bring him out again in a little while. But there he is. Just he's going to chill with us. And uh, he's the special guest, right, buddy? Yeah, you're the special guest. So, um, yeah, you want to get going? You're going to start cursing for us? Show him what's going on. You know, Hannibal actually has learned some uh, some choice phrases as well. So uh, I'll get to that in a second. But Hannibal is an African gray. He's a Congo African gray. Uh, he is, um, you know what? I'm not exactly sure how old he is. Uh, I want to say he's about four, maybe five, something like that. You know, I'm not exactly sure. How old are you? You don't know either. Yeah, well, he's, he's a young guy. You know, these guys tend to to live quite a bit. So um, he's probably going to outlive me. So I'm going to have to put him in my will. Somebody's going to have to take him. And hey, you get a good guy for that. Right, buddy? Yeah, you're a good boy. So on this episode, which we're talking about parrots, there's an old Sicilian saying, which is Papa Durnemanchiov. And your hand goes like this. And you tap like your, your elbow over here. And your up your hand goes like this. Papa Durnemanchiov, cuckoo, cuckoo, Papa Durnemanchiov, cuckoo. And your hand goes like this. I don't exactly know what the meaning of it is. Um, I don't know what the purpose of it is, but it's kind of funny. And since we have a Papa which is what a parrot is, in Sicilian, Papa Durnemanchiova, cuckoo, cuckoo. That could be our, our, our little dance. So, you know, maybe we'll start doing that. That'll be our little traditional thing. Papa Durnemanchiova. So send me some videos of you guys doing this little and saying the words. Papa doing doing the little thing. You tap in your arm here and doing that. That'll be kind of funny. But yeah, Papa Durnemanchiova. It actually means parrot, do you eat eggs? I don't know. Like I said, I don't exactly know what the hell it means, but that's the saying. Papa Durnemanchiova parrot do you eat eggs anyway so hannibal what is his name why is his name hannibal uh for those people that think that hannibal which a lot of people do think that uh, the name hannibal comes from hannibal lecter it does not uh hannibal is actually named after my favorite character from the tv show the a-team whoa and anybody that knows me knows me that knows that i'm a fanatic when it comes to the a-team 
And I'll admit to it that my ringtone happens to be on my phone, happens to be yeah, my personal phone, happens to be the theme from the A-Team. Yes, that is the, that's how much of a fanatic I am of the A-Team. So, you know, I knew that I was going to name one of my pets after uh, my favorite character and he got it. So Hannibal is, is there. So uh, no, that's, that's what he's named after. And, you know, I'm a big fan of the A-Team for a variety of different reasons. Um, you know, I don't know if you guys, you know, seen the show and if you should, you know, it's, it's, it's back from the eighties, it's an old school show. It's just, I guarantee there'll be a lot of critics about it nowadays about this and that, whatever. It's, I used to watch in Italy too. It was awesome. You know, face and Murdoch and BA. And of course my boy Hannibal, you know, and, uh, it was awesome. Oh, everybody's going to be a critic about it i guarantee you but whatever whatever in fact i was so excited when the movie came out and i gotta tell you i was actually um i was pretty impressed by the movie i thought it was gonna be like a bust uh, you know it wasn't those like fake movies no this one I, I actually thought it was good in fact i was really disappointed when i found out that uh you know, a sequel wasn't coming from it so i was a little disappointed about that but uh, i really enjoyed it you know it was um they took the storyline, which was the biggest thing. I wanted it to be like true. And the storyline was really accurate. You know, the characters were very close to the real characters. Um, you know, I, I thought, I thought it was really, really cool. So, um, I enjoyed it. And, and of course the TV show is still, you know, it's top of the list, but you know, it, the, the reason why I love the A team is because it's a team kind of concept. They're not squatcha, you know, every, every single member of the team has value and, um, what I learned from it is because there, it's an army based system. It's, you know, there's a leader, which is Hannibal, you know, and he gives the instructions and the directions and, and on what to, for the rest of the team. And, you know, for those people that don't know, it's basically a group of, of military, um, uh, veterans who, uh, were accused of a crime that they didn't commit. And to make a long story short, they, um, they're on the run and, um, from the military police and they help people that are in need. That's basically the premise of the show. So they're on the run from the, from getting arrested. And it's just awesome. Just when I sick, I mean, I this fights and I sick with them into the like car chases. It's just really, I get excited when I talk about it. Cause it's really cool. But, uh, you know, shootings and, you know, and it's not like a violent show. I mean, it's, it's again, back in the day, things were like different than they are today, but that show is the bomb is the bomb. So it's, you know, much better than all the shit that, that they're doing now, except for a few exceptions. But anyway, uh, I digress there. So, so yeah, so, so, you know, they're on the run and, you know, they have to stick together in order to survive. They also have to stick together when it comes to like helping people. They're like, a, like, a, like a, like a, like a team. I mean, that's the best way I could do it. And Hannibal is like the glue that holds them together. He's the one that gives the instructions and he's never flustered. You know, when things go wrong, he's always cool, calm and collected, you know, he's always in control, you know, he never loses. I mean, he's, he's a very sarcastic character, which is probably one of the reasons why I love him so much, but, um, you know, never, never deviated from, from his, his mental state. You know, he was the quint quintessential leader, you know, he protected his team, you know, he took care of his team. He looked after his team, you know, everything was about the, the team and together, you know, they were, you know, they were fallible. They were, um, they were beatable, you know, 
but I'm, I'm sorry, separately, they were, they were, they were fallible and beatable, but together they were, you know, unbeatable. They were just, they were just bulldozed through everything. And one of the cool things about the show, one of the characteristics of the show was that they used to build stuff out of nothing, not like a MacGyver type thing. This was like a lot better, but again, it was back in the day it was like, that's just fake shit. They used to build tanks out of like chewing gum and a paper clip. And it was just such weird stuff. And it was just, ah, oh, it was just so awesome. So but the premise of it, of it being a team and how they were helping people and how they were saving people and you working together under, you know, a hierarchy of authority with Hannibal giving instructions to the rest of the team of what they needed to do and how they needed to do it. It's kind of like, it, it relates so much to what I practice and preach when it comes to dogs is establishing a hierarchy of authority, you know? So as Hannibal is the leader of the A-team, of his of his team you want to understand that you know your job is to be the leader of your team and your pack human dogs birds reptiles felines whatever there has to be a central leader who dictates and coordinates and put this puts the team together like with me that's me you know and that's why i'm able to co to have coexist all these different creatures in this in, in this house because you know they know who to look for for direction they know what their role is and that's, that's exactly what dogs require. They require directions, boundaries, and limits, and they know who to look for, for that, for the protection, for the providing, right? But even you, you little feathery guy, but, um, so yeah, that's, 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 that's where he's named after he's named after my favorite TV show. And every, anybody that knows me knows that the A team is the bomb and, you know, Hannibal is the guy. So, um, you know, you guys got to look it up and watch the movie. I thought, like I said, the movie was cool. And it relates so well to like the dog stuff because it, it's, they're like a pack. They're a family, you know, together, they're just perfect, you know, and they're have, they, they have their roles. Like each one of them has their roles within the team. So it, it, it's exactly how you would do it when it comes to like a pack of, I'm sorry, with the, uh, like a, yeah, like a pack of dogs or like a pack in general, you know, it doesn't have to be like a pack of dogs, but like when I relate it to, uh, to dogs, it's exactly that is, you know, there has to be an authority figure. There has to be a hierarchy of authority. There has to be a team mentality. It's not individual. Individually, they were very beatable. You know what I mean? Individually, they were, they were, they would have been, you know, arrested a long time ago and they wouldn't have been able to do what they were capable of doing. But together, it was, they were just perfect. And Hannibal was the glue. Like he gave everybody the instructions. He created the plans, you know, he created everything from like, you know, being able to avoid being arrested, you know, being able to help people, the plans that did that, like, that's, that's what your role is when it comes to like putting everybody together, you know, humans and canines and, and birds and cats and whatever. So that's why like, you know, he's so valuable to me. And you know, he, he relates to that, you know, that's why Hannibal, that word Hannibal, um, is not Hannibal Lecter is the leader. And it, it just, it just resonates so much with what we're doing here. And, um, you know, so we're talking about, I want to talk a little bit about, about patience as well, because, uh, you know, as, 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 as having Hannibal here, I feel like talking about patience is something that, that he's really, this is, he is really the, the end result of patience. You know, he is really the end result of, of, of showcasing how patience works. What the hell am I talking about? I'm going to say that a lot. So, okay. You have to have patience. So let me explain a little story. Let me tell you a little story. 
So when I was living in Italy, there was, we lived in, in, a, in a building, which, you know, there was a lot of buildings in Sicily. So downstairs from the building was like a number of stores. And one of the stores just happened to be a pet store. And it was a small little rinky dink pet store. It wasn't like big, you know, and it had like fish primarily like some rodents, birds. It was like, like, a, like supplies, but it was, a, you know, pets were really popular there. So um, this was like a like a dirty little place. It was just small. It was just, you know, whatever. I don't even know how it did any business to be honest, but whatever. Oh, I was blocking handball with my hand. Sorry, buddy. So, um, so I used to go down there. I mean, I was about, I mean, I moved there. I moved to Italy when I was 10 years old. I'm going to say I was probably maybe like 12, 13, something like that. And um, I used to go down there and I used to go down purposely because I wanted to admire the birds. And I've always been fascinated by birds, just their colors, you know, their, their ability to like copy sounds. And of course, the greatest thing is their ability to, to talk, you know, like the fact that they could talk and they sound like a person is just to me is the coolest thing ever. So I've always been fascinated by that. And uh, I've always wanted the birds, you know, so even as a kid, I would go down there and I would just, every single day, I would just admire these birds. And the showcase of this, I'm sorry, the showcase of the store, the centerpiece of the store was a particular bird that was literally in the center of the store on this big giant, uh, like perch type deal. And it was a gray parrot with a red tail. Look familiar, huh? Yeah. You're going to get to that in a second. So I used to, I would just, I don't know. I just fell in love with this bird for some reason. And I would go down purposely just to check him out, just to see him. And um, I don't know, it was just some kind of like just fascination about it. So one day I told my parents that I wanted this bird. Now, let me preface, let me just explain that um, I was not good in school. Okay, not just in Italy, but here. Our school had a shake, shake. And a proper shake. Or, ee, ah, ee, ah. That's a donkey. Uh, that's what that's what Sicilians call somebody who's not really good in uh, in school. They call him a donkey. So yeah, that's shake. So was not good in school. Wasn't really good school here, but there, especially because the school system back then in Italy was bed Oh, me It was so freaking complicated. It was so difficult. But we'll get to that another time. So, um, you know, I wasn't that good in school. So. I made a deal with my parents and I said, I'll tell you what, if I get straight A's, you know, equal to straight A's in school, will you buy me the bird? And obviously, you know, it was an expensive bird, you know, big responsibility, the whole bit. Will you buy me the bird? And of course, yeah, they agreed to it. They're, oh, yeah, yeah, you get straight A's. Yeah, yeah. Now, I realize now that, you know, they knew how this was going to turn out, that um, I wasn't going to pull it off. So needless to say, I didn't pull it off. So I did not get my bird. Now we're talking about patience, right? And so what do you guys think? Was that the good, a good thing? If that would have happened 11, 12, 13 years old, moving back from Italy to America, of course not. It wouldn't have been the right thing. Did I really want that bird? Oh my God. I was trying so hard to get them. I was studying real hard, at least my version of studying you know, trying to like get this, this bird. I was so like, Oh, I want this bird. I want that. I was dreaming about it. I was trying so, and then of course, you know, the disappointment of it, but I really wanted this bird, you know, like, you know, like how many people um, like really, really want something. I really wanted this bird, but again, the timing wasn't right. So that's where we got to trust God's timing. You know, God has a plan. 
not to talk like Hannibal, but I love it when a plan comes together. That was Hannibal's key phrase, but uh, I was going to save that for later, but I couldn't hold it in. I love it when a plan comes together. But, um, you know, it's, it's uh, it, God, God has a plan and we have to trust God's timing because like I said, the timing would not have been appropriate. If I would have gotten straight A's, hypothetically, yeah. <laughs> if I would have gotten this 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 bird, it wouldn't have ended well because I was in response. I was a kid, you know what I mean? And my parents weren't like animal people. And then moving from Italy, what I was gonna do, put them in a suitcase and bring it just you know, my son It wouldn't it wouldn't have worked out. Anyway, so Papa Dunemanciova. <laughs> right Hannibal he's like what is going on over here this is some new shit here I know you're my co-star actually you're the special guest I know Hannibal so um yeah so so the point of it is that that we got to trust God's timing so now again 11 12 13 years old whatever I was so we fast forward from there and of course you know I, I was always fascinated with birds you know every time I would go to like a pet store I would always like check out the bird I was always just in love with the birds so when I decided that I was ready to get a bird, um, was in my, uh, was in my forties, you know, and I had the, I was, you know, I, I had the money for it. I had the, the space for it. I had the, the, the mentality for it, the, you know, cause having a bird is a responsibility. I don't want people to start going out, getting birds and stuff, because like I said, these guys, number one, they last a long time. Number two, they require a lot of attention and also the environment has to be suitable. So like, you know, you hear birds, which was my biggest fear when I, when I got them was that, um, you know, he was going to start plucking his feathers. So every time I found the feather, I would like panic and freak out, you know, but they need a lot of attention different than like that of a dog, but they need specific things. I'm going to get to that in a second. I kind of like was, ex I wasn't expecting to get into that, but um, let me finish the story. So when I decided that I was ready to get, a, to finally get the bird that I wanted, um, I knew that I wanted to get a bird that talked. That was my dream. That was the, the biggest deal. I wanted a bird that can talk. So, um, I tried to go the adoption route. I really did. And let me tell you what, based on what I know now, adopting a dog, it is so much easier than adopting a bird. And I get it. Like, you know, there's a lot of irresponsible people that get birds and then they realize they can't handle them and all this kind of shit. So I get it. So, you know, me being a new person, never had a, a bird before. Um, the adoption people just were making this so much, so difficult for me. And if filling out the paperwork was like, oh my God, it was like, I was, it was like, I was buying a freaking house. It was like mortgage papers. Like, oh my God, it was crazy. So at the end of the day, they said, you know, I couldn't get the type of bird that I wanted. I can only get a specific type, which was like smaller birds. that really didn't talk. That's what they felt I was qualified for, but that's just not what I wanted. Like I, I not come this far to settle. You know what I mean? So I, I went the route. There was a, there was a, a, a bird store that, um, that I was familiar with. So I went in one day to talk to the owner of the store and she was, uh, we were talking, I was telling her like what I was looking for, that the most important requirement was that I wanted a bird that could talk. And she said to me, she goes, well, if talking is your number one requirement, then you want an African gray. And that's true. This guy won't shut up, but you know, he's, I don't, I, you know, he's quiet right now because of the fact that, you know, he's sitting there, but usually when I do these podcasts and he's back there in the cage behind me over there, he's yapping away. You just, you guys are just lucky. You can't hear him. He's cursing and talking and just won't shut up. So hopefully he'll get a little, you know, less shy then. 
that in a soon, but I highly doubt it. He's in a foreign spot right now with me going on with the stuff. So he's like, I don't know. I don't trust you. So he doesn't want this like entrapment, but the lady at the store said, you will not be happy with anything else except for, for an African gray. So I was like, fine, we'll get an African gray. And she just coincidentally happened to have two baby African grays that had just been hatched. She had hatched them. She was bottle feeding them or hand feeding them, whatever. And literally they were like this big. I have to show you guys pictures of these, these, um, featherless little little thingies like the eyes were cold they looked it was him and his brother and they looked just so weird but they were so tiny so um that's what i got and so um when i was you know i didn't really know too much about this 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 bird situation but she was showing me pictures she was really awesome about it she was telling me about the bird and the characteristics and what they look like and so on and so forth and then i was finalizing everything you know uh with her and all of a sudden, a picture just popped in my mind. And I realized that the bird that I had just got, I'd just gotten, was a bird that was a gray parrot with a red tail. The exact bird that I had fallen in love with all those years before while I was living in Italy. The exact same one. So here he is, you know, and took a long time. You know, it took a long, long time. Um, you know, it wouldn't have been right. Then now it's a different story. Like now I could handle this. This is like, you know, this is cool. You know, like we hang out and he talks and sometimes I yell at him because he talks too much or he talks at the wrong time. And, you know, but he's just so freaking cool. You know, I just crack up sometimes because, you know, he'll start saying stuff that I'm like, how the hell do you even know that? Sounds, he'll pick up on sounds. So it's something that that's understandable now that I could relate to, that I could, that I could deal with and I could, I could take care of him as well. You know, I could provide what it is that he needs. And this is what I was saying before about, I don't recommend people just like, I don't re recommend, not everybody should have a dog as much as people think, or even a cat, like cats are easier maintenance, but not even you need to be able to provide what these guys need. And, and a parrot um, has specific needs you know, that need to be, that you need to provide, not just, not just, you know, dietary, but like, you know, interactions and how with humans, like, you know, the relationship that, that I have with him is so cool that, you know, does he bite me every once in a while? Yeah. And let me tell you something as a person that has been bitten by dogs before, when he bites, his bites hurt more than when a dog bites, believe it or not. Now, obviously the dam, but let me tell you something, the damage that this bastard can do is pretty severe too. Let me tell you, you know, I give him like uh, like whole walnuts with the shell. He'll crack them within seconds, like nothing. I bought him a toy once that had like a, like a, like it was half a coconut within like 20 minutes, the coconut thing was, it was like solid destroyed. So he could do some freaking damage. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, let's not take him lightly, but you know, he'll sit on my lap and you'll get spooked or whatever. And all of a sudden they're, you know, but it's still like, you know, it, you know, whatever. I'll curse and swear you son of a bitch. And love bit so the merda. And of course, bet so the merda starts coming out of his mouth and vafanculo and a bunch of other stuff that he says, yeah, I'm talking about you, boy. You know, he'll start saying all this kind of shit. Cursing in Sicilian. I don't know where he learned that from. No, you, you, poniente, you, you, you. Yeah, it was, yeah. Some stuff I actually taught him. Believe it or not, some stuff I actually wanted him to say. So I taught him some words and phrases. But some stuff he just like he'll just start saying it. 
And I'm just like, oh, my God. You know, because I talk to Cillian like sometimes with Socks and Pepper, you know, and then all of a sudden I'll hear him say like, oh, shit, you know. So uh, and he'll say some, you know, other words and phrases in English as well that I I don't know where he learned, you know, where he learned those those words and phrases from. I'm not exactly sure. I'm not going to say a word, but yeah. But you have to be careful because he's like a really, these guys are like a recorder. And what I was told about African greys was that they're the, the best talkers, you know, um, out of all the parrots. And it's true. I mean, he is the, the, like, not only do they talk like you could hear crystal clear what they're saying, but they will also sound specifically like a specific person. So he literally, literally sounds like me to the T like my tone, my exactly like, like some people, sometimes I'm talking to some people on the phone and they'll hear him in the background. And it's like, what's going on? Like, yeah, that's, that sounds, I'll, I'll record him about when he's saying stuff and people are like, no, nah, that's you. It's your voice. I'm like, no, nah, that's him. He just sounds exactly like me. So he, they, they, these guys, they literally sound like individual people, which to me is like just amazing that, that that's even possible. So we have good times, you know, and, and we just, we just chill. And um, like I said, pa patience is really one of the things that when I look at him, you know, and to some people, they'll be like, oh, it's just a parry. Well, what is the big deal? It was a big deal because it just proves, again, something as basic as just getting a parrot. Like, would I be able to live if I didn't get a parrot? Of course. Was it, would I have been devastated if I wouldn't get, no. But it just shows that this was in my destiny, even though I wanted it, you know, when I was 10, 11, 12, 8, you know, I was a kid and I wanted one. And here I am now and I got one, but this is the right time. That time wasn't right, you know? And so I had to trust, I, I, which I always do, is trust God's timing. You know, God will provide exactly what you want, but not necessarily when you want it. It's that simple. And sometimes he won't provide something that you want because it's not right for you, or he'll provide exactly what you want but in a different way, you know what I mean? So um, this is just my example. So when I look at him, I, I remember about the patience factor. You know, when I get a little like concerned about something, you know, when I get a little bit like, uh, like worry that things are not gonna happen, it's not the timing is, you know, things are too slow, it's not happening at the right time. And, you know, when is it gonna happen and blah, 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 blah. I just remember Hannibal, you know, it just comes back and I say, remember Hannibal? Okay, then shut up and trust God's timing, you know, just, Keep doing what you got to do and just wait for God to say now is the right time. You know, and this is applies for everything. Um, I was watching The Godfather the other day, of course. Siciliano, Il Padrino, best movie ever. If you haven't watched The Godfather 1 and 2, Godfather 1 and 2, the third one, forget it. But The Godfather 1 and 2, the best movies ever, top five, along with the Captain America Endgame and, you know, anyway. But at Rockies, maybe top 10 because there's, you know, let's say 10. But Godfather 1 and 2. And... Um, in the second one, they talk Sicilian, which is really funny. And there's like traditional Sicilian stuff in there. It's really cool. But anyway, uh, the Godfather gets me excited too. But if you haven't watched the Godfather, go watch the Godfather. Finish this, watching the podcast, listen to the podcast, go watch the Godfather. Anyway, so there's a scene in the Godfather where um, I was talking to a friend, you know, afterwards and we were talking about the Godfather and 
we were saying how he was saying actually how the godfather is similar to god now i don't mean the, the killing of the people stuff what i mean is that when people would go to the godfather you know marlon brando's character they would ask for help from him they would ask for something from him and once the way he explained it was really really cool he said when people go to the godfather they ask for help they need help with something and once the godfather agrees which is interesting because the first three letters of godfather is god so um and once he says okay then people just just you could see like the the people just relax because they know that he's going to take care of it right and so we were talking about god and how this applies and it's kind of like the same thing is once you ask god for help once you ask god for assistance or whatever or guidance whatever once it's you do just relax because now he's going to take care of it you know and so at that point these people didn't have to worry about anything anymore because the godfather was going to take care of it and that's how i feel when it comes to um you know in life for for me personally is i ask god you know señora I pray to God and I say, there's a situation, it's a problem or whatever the case may be, something I want or something I need, or if I'm in a tough situation or whatever the case may be. And once I'm done, the patience has to kick in along with the faith because I know that it's going to get taken care of. When is it going to get taken care of? I don't know. That's the point. Once you give it to, if, if, if you guys watch The Godfather, you'll see how he wants to be respected. You know, he wants you to trust him. And if you show that you don't, he's not going to take care of you. He'll be like, listen, if you want me to take care of it, then back in, of course, you'll, if you want me to take care of it, then you live. I'm the, I'm the godfather. That was a bad imitation, but I'm not the greatest actor there. But, you know, once you let him take care, once you ask him and he agrees, you're done. You know what I mean? Well, when is it going to happen? Don't worry about it. I wanted my parrot. Why couldn't I have it then? Why I wanted it then? Now I want it then. I want it then. If it was not nowadays, I was going to throw a temper tantrum. My father would have like give me a kick in the ass, and that would have been the end of it. But you know, it wasn't the right time. So you got to be patient. So you ask God for something. Just be patient. Wait for it. You know, you trust the fact that God has a, the plan and the timing for when that plan is going to be revealed. I had to wait 40 plus years to get this guy to get my Hannibal, you know, and here he is. I haven't went, you know, sometimes I look back and I look at him and I'm like, shit, man, talk about patience. I waited a long time. Let's just call it 10 years into 40. It's 30 freaking years. That's a long time to wait. I had to wait that long. Well, that's what happens, you know, and now we have a great time. You know, we're cool. He's my boy. He's you know, great. And everything is cool, you know, so trust God's timing. Everything works out when it's supposed to work out. Don't force it. Give it to God and just forget it. Let him run it. Pretend like the Godfather example. Don't, don't, don't rush me. Don't rush me. Don't let it happen. Just let it happen. Yeah, I have to say that every once in a while. So, yeah, so that's Hannibal. So if you guys want to talk about Hannibal a little bit more, if you have any questions on Hannibal or questions on parrots or questions on whatever, I'm going to get into how to introduce um, 
babies and small creatures to your dogs. And it's exactly what I did with him, which is, you know, the next uh, thing I want to go over. So if you have any questions on that, just let me know. Uh, I wish he would start cursing a little, but no, he's being a little shy. So it's okay. It happens. So how to introduce, how did I introduce him to, to my dogs? Very simple. When it comes to introducing a small creature to your dog, the number one thing I hear, I, I read all this, this shit. This is what I did. And this is what I, oh, that pisses me off, whatever. Sometimes it works out, but we want it to work out all the time. We want it to work out the right way. So in the dog world, space equals respect. Okay. Which means that the more space they give someone or something, the more respect they have for that. So when I introduced my dogs to him, the first thing I did was I did not allow them to go into his space by in his cage. They could smell that these are dogs. They have, they have good noses. They don't need to be up close and personal to smell something. They could smell it from a distance. So in the dog world, like for example, when a mother dog has puppies, she asks for a lot of space. She doesn't let the other dogs come into her space, into the puppy space until she's ready to invite them in, right? It's a respect thing. It's give me some space because I need to do my thing. And dogs understand that they don't take it personally. It's just part of like just being respectful. So you don't enter their space. And so by doing that, you're setting a tone that this guy needs to be respected. He is not a toy. He is not a playmate. He is a pack member. And therefore we need to be respectful of him because the pack leader, Sunyuio, me, said that that's how it's supposed to be. So now my dogs realize, okay, so he's part of the pack. He's part of the family. He's part of the team. So we need, be, we need to be respectful of him. Make sense? Okay. So what I did when I introduced him was, again, I asked for a lot of space. They weren't allowed to go near his cage. They had to keep their distance, keep space from him. And then over time, I slowly closed the gap. I slowly allowed them to go closer and closer to the cage. Then the same thing happened when he would be like on top of his perch and he would fly off the perch. Yeah. He would fly off the perch. He would end up on the floor. Right. And the same pattern. You're, they're not allowed to go into his space. They were okay from smelling him from a distance. Okay. Because I did not want my dogs to associate him with excitement. Because at first, that's what happened. They saw this thing. He would flap around his wings and, and they would get all like excited. No, I wanted them to associate him with calmness. I wanted them to associate him with him. We're at wrong side. Wrong side. You know, I wanted him to be associated. I wanted, I wanted them to associate him with respect. You know what I mean? I wanted them to treat him with respect. So I didn't want them to be excited with him. I don't want them to be excited when it came to him. Okay. So. Once he was on the floor, it was the same thing. A lot of space, smelling from a distance. And then we slowly closed the gap. And then I let them get closer and closer and closer. And then they would, he would smell them. And every once in a while, he would like bite them and stuff to let them know you're a little too much. And they would back off, you know, because they were in a calm state. They were respectful of what he was saying. He was saying, yeah, I'm not comfortable with that. You need to back it off, you know? And, and they would, and they would, because that's how we set it up, you know? And so... The relationship is, is so good because by introducing him that way, he became a source of respect for them. Now, obviously they could both eat him up. 
You know what I mean? And I don't want that. I want them to be calm, ultra calm and ultra sensitive with him because he's, he's delicate, you know, just like you would do with a baby or a cat. Right. So when you're introducing a baby, there's a lot of theories, you know, you bring in the freaking blanket and you let them smell the blanket and all this bullshit. Listen, sometimes that shit works. I like to do it the way I've done it, the way my, I've taught my clients to do it. And it's always worked out without a problem, without a hitch, including with dogs that were quote unquote, had aggressive issues. You bring a new person, a new creature into the house, a new baby, my system, this system has worked, you know, whatever. There's always the 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 negative Nelly. Who take it to casa? No, tutto cuore. So no, tutto so tutto no, tutto cuore. Bye, Zavakata. Anyway, so the way I like to do the creating space, because obviously there's going to be times when you know, ukana se vola bishenaro papa dro picciridro. You know, the the dog wants to you know get closer to the to the parrot or the baby or whatever. So the way I like to do it is traditional dog on dog communication, which is you stand in front of the dog and you walk towards them. So now your dog has to back up. Now, as soon as you get to a certain space, you tell me, you give them, you give them a, a hang signal or a command or whatever to stay in that area. So you're basically creating a bubble around the baby or the parrot, or the cat or whatever. Okay. I'll call them a new creature. You're creating a bubble around them and how much space you create. That's up to you. You know, it has to be enough. It can't be like a foot. A foot is not enough space. There's got to be distance. You know, there has to be enough space to create a bubble, you know? So you back them up, you walk towards them, you back them up, then stay. And I like to do it with like, just from fingers on the, on the butt. I like to make them sit and then stay. And then I move, I remove myself, but by backing them up, you're taking them out of the space. If you go outside of the bubble and then you bring them towards you, it's a different dynamic. It's a coming to you. So it doesn't create the respect. It doesn't create that backing up of creating that bubble in their mind. You know, it's like military terms is when we back up the enemy out of the space, we created this, this, this environment of, uh, of creating a boundary. And that's what you're doing. You're creating a boundary around the new creature. That's what I did when it came to him. You know, I would back up, you know, I would walk towards them, make them back to a certain area, then stay, turn around and remove myself. And if they move forward, I would just repeat it again and again and again until they got the point, you know, and that's kind of like the whole thing. And then when it was time to um, bring them closer, it was, I would bring them closer a little bit at a time, a little bit, and then stop them right there. And this is as far as you could go. And then a little bit more and then stop right there. And that's as far as you could go. And then we progressively got closer and closer and closer. So that's how I like to do it when it comes to creating space. That's also the secret as I like to do when it comes to uh, how to introduce a new creature. But the one thing that I have to also explain, importante, respeto. We're talking about the Godfather. So respeto, respect. Sicilian, respect. Papa, um, Say a little like funny there. But um, it's about understanding that you can't ask your dog to respect a new creature if they don't have any respect for you. Okay. If they don't see you as a source of authority, a source of respect, a source of like direction, a source of establishing boundaries and limits and rules and all that kind of stuff, you can say, well, listen, you got to respect him because I said so. They're going to laugh in your face. You know what I'm saying? So if you are not the pack leader, and I know there's a lot of, you know, stuff about the, well, the, the hierarchy of authority stuff doesn't work. Yeah. You just use your, your trick or treat. But that's a a pruna for reward. You give them all like sorts of food and shit to try to get that stuff is just bullshit. That's just, don't get me started, but you treat, treat that's for, for teaching tricks. Okay. 
this is important because this is why so many dogs bite babies. So many dogs have a, are protective of the babies, especially like you get female dogs. Those babies become theirs, and then they're going to protect them. And then you wonder, well, I don't know. Well, this will you know, and then you'll have the morons will say, well, just give them the treats and then blah, blah, fun, cool, a bit so the shrooms they can see the, oh, anyway, this system works. It's been proven. It's proven right here because the relationship that they have, Pepper, my small dog, Pepper, right down here. Let me show you. There she is, right down here. That's Pepper. The relationship she has, the relationship she has with him is so awesome because what he'll do is he'll take his vegetables and his fruit from his cage and the door is open, like the cage is open. And they're right over here, by the way. They're, you know, they're around. But they're they'll they'll take the um they'll take the cage. I'm sorry, they'll he'll take his food, his fruits and vegetables from his cage, climb down from his cage and put fruit and vegetables into her mouth. I have videos to prove that if you don't believe me. Okay, he'll literally grab broccoli and apples and whatever, and he'll climb down the cage and he'll put them right in her mouth. And she is so freaking good with him. She's a food whore. But with him, she is so respectful because that's just how it is. You know, he commands respect when it comes to her. So he, she'll sit there waiting and he'll come down. He'll put the food in her mouth and she takes it gentle out of his mouth. She's a 30 pound dog, but takes it gently out of his mouth. Never been an incident, right? Sometimes he'll fly off the perch, big socks over there, the pipple, the big black scary pipple. He'll fly off the perch, right? Land on top of socks, and socks will just be like, the hell, man? I was sleeping. That's what'll happen. Nothing. Okay. Because that's the dynamic. That's how you create dogs that are, again, trifecta of happy, fulfilled, and success. And I'm sorry, happy, fulfilled, and well behaved. That's what our goal is. And to do that, we have to train them. And I'm using the word train. Let me not use that word. Oh, train humans and make our dogs happy, fulfilled, and well-behaved. We don't want them well-trained. A well-trained dog would eat this guy. You know, well-behaved dog, different story. And I know, again, there's always the exceptions. Well, this is what I did. Uh, good luck. Congratulazione. Salutam. Okay. This is foolproof. You know, the other way is you're taking a shot. You're taking a chance. You don't know what kind of personality you're getting with your dog. So if you do it the right way, right off the bat, problemo no. You know, you don't have any problems. You know, you're successful right off the bat. Okay. So that's, that's the relationship and the dynamic that I have simply because of how I introduce them. And it's simple. Just ask for space. Don't allow your dog to come into the space. That's what, that's what people do with their babies. They just let them walk right in and let them check it. Just let them smell them. No, it's not necessary. Create an atmosphere of respect. But on top of it all, again, if your dog has no respect for you, don't expect them to be respectful of anybody that walks in your door. So not respect to Petia, and I've said respect to Pelavuche. It's that simple. You know what I'm saying? It's really that simple. So um, that's it. That's all I wanted to get out there. Hope you guys enjoyed a little Hannibal action here. Come here, buddy. Step up. There you go. There we go. See, look how beautiful he is. Isn't he cute? Where is it? There we go. There we go. Hey, Hannibal. Yeah, this is my boy. See the red tail? See the red tail? Oh, he just talked. Say it again. Hannibal. Oh, fun cool.
Vaffanculu. Kamashai. Hannibal. Vaffanculu. Hey, we tried. At least he said something. So you heard him say something, right? Yeah. Anyway. So listen, if you guys have any questions about Hannibal, about dogs, about me, uh, about patients, about the A-team, all those topics, I'm more than willing to talk about any of that stuff. So thank you guys for joining Barking for Balance. I am Pat the Pac-Man. This is Hannibal. Catch you guys next time.